Artemi Panarin comes up clutch for the New York Rangers with a hat trick and an assist in one of his best games of the season, and that's saying quite a lot. Plus, is Johnny Brodzinski the real deal? All this and more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 954 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And that song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. Definitely check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off of your first purchase and we are of course part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and so the rangers definitely made it interesting obviously you would have liked to have seen them close a little bit more authority in this uh what turned out to be a crazy six to five home win back and forth pretty much the entire way against the san jose sharks but uh you know what the rangers found a way to get it done that's kind of been a theme all season and can't go a second longer here without talking about uh, the man of the hour that of course be artemi panarin who comes through with a hat trick he was all over the ice uh just another Fantastic game by Artemi Panarin, who's had quite a few of them uh, to start the season as he uh, reestablishes himself as a bona fide Hart Trophy candidate. But, you know, the craziest thing about this, I mean, obviously Panarin got the hat trick and that's all well and good, but it's the fact that he almost got a hat trick in the first period. His first two goals were in the first period. And with the way Panarin has played so far this season, just the eye test, you know, how he was going in this game, when Artemi Panarin gets two goals that early, you almost think that it's kind of going to be an upset if he does not complete the hat trick at a certain point in this game. Because his first two goals, you know, he still had 40-something minutes to get the last one. You just had a feeling that it was probably going to happen, or at least I did. And I'm sure a lot of you could probably feel it, um, you know, in the air, maybe going to happen for Artemi Panarin uh, on this night. And indeed, that does happen. And he adds an assist to boot. And the assist might have been bigger than any of the goals because that turned out to be uh, the primary assist on what was the game-winning goal by Artemi Panarin. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and break down all these goals and we can kind of relive just a fantastic night for Artemi Panarin. But let me just preface the whole thing by saying that a lot of this, really everything Panarin's done this season, but especially this game last night, is happening because he is shooting the puck more. And I think a lot of us, you know, before this season, coming into this season, we want to see that from Artemi Panarin. Um, there was a, uh, to, to throw a stat at you guys, so 89 shots on goal so far this season. Uh, last year at this time, or last year in total, he ended up with 204 shots on goal. So he's going to fly right past that. Uh, his previous career high for shots on goal is 228. He did that with the Jackets in 2017-2018. Uh, so he'll pass that as well. And I think it's really possible that if this game happened last year or the year before that, or really just about any season that Artemi Panarin has spent with the New York Rangers, I think there's a decent chance that Panarin, instead of getting the hat trick, ends up with zero goals. And it's not because you know he doesn't have the ability or he didn't have the ability or the skill set before this season. It's just the simple fact that he's that much more willing uh, to shoot the puck and got a couple of dirty goals in this game as well. But to kind of illustrate my point here, we're going to go ahead and go through all three goals. This first one happened because he just decided to pull the trigger. I mean, it's basically as simple as that. The Rangers were on a power play. You had uh, Kreider with a deflection that was stopped. 
Uh, the save was made against Vincent Trocek right after that. And then eventually the Rangers get the puck back and Panarin's got it. He's kind of circling up uh, past the top of the left face-off circle, getting toward the center of the ice. And again, just kind of pulls the, the trigger, shoots it at the net. And there's all kinds of traffic there. You had Kreider in front of the net. Uh, Trocek was there too. A couple of the uh, Sharks defenders were there. So a lot of traffic. And I don't think the goalie ever saw it. I mean, just based on his reaction and, um, you know, the fact that he was kind of moving to his left and the puck was to his right. Um, it, it just never su- felt like he... Uh, Got to look at it, and maybe that was Panarin's uh, thinking there. Maybe he was shooting for a deflection from either Trocek or Kreider. But even if they don't deflect it, you know, he's still got a decent chance of scoring himself. But he let it rip here. Uh, great wrist shot. And he scores, and um, that tied the game at one-to-one at that point. And in fact, the puck technically did score on a deflection. It just wasn't a Ranger that deflected it. it deflected off of a Sharks defender and into the net. But either way, um, Panarin being decisive. And again, I just don't know that he shoots from that area on the ice in years past. I, I think there's a decent chance that he hangs onto the puck for a second or two longer or maybe tries to, you know, set up a pass to somebody else. Um, and that's all well and good. And Panarin's a phenomenal passer. We all know that. But he's now taking advantage of having a great shot. And we saw that here. It was on display and he scored, tied the game at 1-1 after the Sharks had gotten the first goal of the game. The second goal for Panarin, you've got Vincent Trocek moving up the right side, passes to Lafreniere. Uh, Lafreniere tried to basically just go right to the net, kind of got knocked off the puck a little bit, but then you get Trocek picking it up behind the San Jose net, comes around, wraparound opportunity, uh, tries to stuff at home, can't do it, but there's um, Artemi Panarin. He's crashing the net and he stuffs in the rebound. And this second line for the Rangers, which is really their first line, but for semantics purposes, uh, they're always listed as the second line. But man, every time these guys cross the blue line, every time they go into the zone on a rush, they're doing it with a purpose. And they seemingly believe that they're going to score every time. And I feel like that's kind of half the battle to just have that mindset, have that aggression. And as a fan watching this, I feel the same way. Every time these three guys are zipping across the blue line and they're all good skaters, um, they're all great passers. They, they can all finish. It just feels like something good is about to happen that uh, you're not going to be the least bit surprised if they end up putting one in the net. And they stuck with it here. All three of them had a big hand um, in this second goal by Artemi Panera. And this goal, once again, tied the game this time at two to two. And then of course the hat trick, you know, well, what took Panera so long here. He got the first two goals kind of early and then uh, didn't get the third one until the third period. But regardless, uh, just great plays all around here. You had Keandre Miller uh, preventing the puck just barely from leaving the San Jose zone. So that kind of keeps the play alive. And then Johnny Brodzinski, he was just onto the ice. Um, you know, he, he had just jumped over the boards and was on the ice. And man, he looked like he had a jetpack. I mean, the way he went flying up to get this puck, uh, he got it, got control of it, went in, you know, right to the net, tried to shoot. The 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 stop the stop was made or the save was made. Um, but it was a backhand shot by Brodzinski. But then you've got uh, Trocek getting there. He's crashing the net. He tries to put in the rebound. That is stopped as well. But then there's Artemi Panarin following it up. So a third chance goal by the New York Rangers and the second dirty goal of the night for Artemi Panarin. And I don't have the exact quote in front of me right now, but uh, actually, yes, I do. Yes, I do. So Panarin, uh, after the game, uh, and this was a tweet courtesy of Vince Mercagliano. You know, he's interviewing Artemi Panarin after the game. And this is what Panarin had to say about, you know, crashing the net there and scoring in that way. He says, I go to the net twice in my life, and then both times it worked. Maybe I have to start listening to coaches. So giving props to the coaches, that, that's cool in and of itself. You know, just putting the coaches over for telling him to do that a little bit more often. And hey, obviously it worked here. And if Panarin can add that to his game on top of everything else that he does for this team, uh, all the better. You know, it's just a fantastic night 
for Artemi Panarin, but we're not going to just stop with the three goals. Let's talk about the assists. And again, you could make the argument that this is the biggest one of the night. You know, when it happened, it made the score six to three Rangers. And you're thinking like, oh, that's cool. You know, we're well on our way to a win now. Little insurance goal here at the end. You know, obviously assist Keandre Miller. But it turns out to be the game-winning goal because the Sharks got two after that. We're going to talk a little bit about the Rangers' uh, shaky close to this game. We'll get to that eventually. But for right now, let's just enjoy Artemi Panarin doing what he does, setting up Keandre Miller for, again, what turned out to be the game-winning goal. Panarin, defensively, was phenomenal on this shift. Before he ever even uh, got control of the puck, before he ever even uh, made the pass to Miller, got Panarin stealing the puck and um, then made a, a play at the blue line, the, the Sharks' blue line, to keep the puck in the zone. Then, a little bit later in the same shift, he ends up stealing the puck again on the other side of the Sharks' zone. And now he's got control of it. Doesn't have a lot of room to operate, but he gets the pass across the ice to Ke'Andre Miller. And then uh, Miller makes it 6-3 to three with a great shot. About seven minutes left. And again, it got a little bit dicey toward the end. But uh, what a great play by Artemi Panarin here. Cannot say enough about the job he's doing this season. He is now on pace for 53 goals and 125 points. And as I mentioned a second ago, firmly in the uh, Hart Trophy race. It's not going to be easy because the Rangers do have a lot of very skilled players. And, you know, there's other guys that could even be dark horse candidates themselves. But, man, Artemi Panarin has just been absolutely phenomenal this season. It's been great to see. Uh, we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. We're going to shift our attention to these slightly different line combinations that the Rangers went with in this game as opposed to what they went with uh, the previous game at the start of the game. And then, of course, they, you know, shuffled the deck and mixed everything up. So the lines they went with in this one were a little bit closer to what they started with in the second most recent game. And I'll, I'll explain all that, go through all that in just a second. And we're going to especially focus on Johnny Brodzinski and what he's bringing to the table for the Rangers, uh, at least thus far since being called back up. And like I said, we'll get to all that fun stuff in just a second. First, though, definitely want to let everybody know today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows that over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment that they sponsor a job. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. A uh, big shout-out to the Everydayers, and a big thank you to everybody for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Once again, the show is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the Everydayers, the next episode, um, I'm not sure 100%. i got to be honest here, but we're going to get to something fun. Don't worry. Uh, the Rangers have the centers up next. They have a road game on Tuesday night, so they're going to be playing Ottawa then, looking for another win. And then uh, after that, the Rangers do get a little bit of a break. Uh, going to be at the cap Saturday and then home against the Kings on Sunday. But um, yeah, things obviously looking good for the Rangers. And obviously, uh, it's been a blast of a season so far. And hopefully, they can just keep it going. And like I said, we're going to be breaking down all those games from every angle and getting into some other things as well. But let's go ahead, shift our attention to the lineup. So as we know, uh, in the game before this one, 
The Rangers, you know, they were a little bit shaky. They were playing the Predators. They get down two to nothing. The first period was, you know, pretty bad. Let's just call it what it is. And they come out in the second period. And for the first time all season, Peter Laviolette well and truly threw his lines into a blender. It was completely different. And kind of the million-dollar question after that, especially after the Rangers came back and won that game against Nashville, was, okay, are they going to go back to the way that it was before uh, the changes were made in the game against Nashville, or will he stick with the new-look lines? And the answer was not quite either. We got lines that were similar to what we saw, what we've been seeing overall, um, but a little bit different. And the biggest difference is that uh, you now have Johnny Brodzinski playing on the first line. Now, Brodzinski... In the game against Nashville, one of the changes that the Rangers made was to move him up to the second line. Um, he was, uh, you know, he obviously got a bump up the lineup and he was into the top six. But in this line, they take it a step further. You've got Mika on the top line, centering Chris Kreider and Johnny Brodzinski playing on the right wing. Uh, more on that in just a second, but to just run through the line combos real quick here. You got then Vincent Trocek centering Artemi Panarin and Alexi Lafreniere on the second line. And I like this. This line has just been too successful. I mean, you could mix them up a little bit if you want, if you just have Panarin and Lafreniere still together, um, but have Trocek somewhere else. I mean, that's always an option. You could do that. But again, this trio has just been so good together, so dominant, and far and away the Rangers' best, uh, at least offensively, their, their best line um, when it comes to 5v5 play and uh, just playing quality hockey every single night. So I didn't really want to see these guys broken up long-term, and it doesn't look like they will be. They were right back together um, in this game here against the Sharks, so that's good. Uh, then you've got the third line. Nick Bonino is back on the third line. Barkley Goodrow is down to the fourth line, but you got Bonino staring Will Cooley, who had been dropped to the fourth line. He's now back up to the third line. He's on the left wing here. And then you got Blake Wheeler on the right wing, kind of just by default. I don't think you want Wheeler on the fourth line. Um, I, I mean, it could be on the table later this season. I don't think they're ready to do that just yet, but that's your third line. And then the fourth line, um, you've got Goodrow staring Jimmy VZ on the left wing, Tyler Pitlick on the right wing, you know, VZ, he, he's played so well. And I feel like he does deserve better than being on the fourth line right now, but I suppose it's a good problem to have, you know, obviously the Rangers are a much, much deeper team than they've been in a long time. I mean, you could even compare it to last year. I think they're a deeper team, but if you want to go back, like three years or four years, there's no comparison. Seriously, like go back and look at some of the depth charts the Rangers had four years ago and notice that you had like, you know, Brett Howden, maybe centering the second line or the third line. You had Leas Anderson in the mix there. Vitaly Krasov when he actually felt like playing hockey, uh, you know, he was in there in the top six. Um, so the Rangers, like I said, there's just, um, there's nobody that, is there and does not have a purpose. And when you have somebody like Jimmy Vesey, who's been hot lately and just played very good hockey overall, um, when you've got him on the fourth line and, and you don't think there's anything terribly wrong with that, that's obviously a good thing as well. So, yeah, I mean, those are the line combinations. The defense pairings were exactly uh, how they've been pretty much all season. But to kind of hone in on Johnny Brodzinski here, because I did want to talk about him in a little bit more detail. What an opportunity that he has here. You know, he's been through waivers a couple of times in his career, 30 years old now bouncing back and forth between the Rangers and the Wolfpack the last few seasons. Uh, he's the captain of the Wolfpack, and everybody that you know sees him in action down there and knows him, they tend to rave about you know what a good job he does. And obviously the Rangers, a couple of off-seasons ago, uh, they re-signed him to a two-year deal because I think they really value him in that role. Can go back and forth between the NHL and the AHL and is a great leader, a great lead-by-example kind of guy for the young guys with the Hartford Wolfpack. I think they really value him in that role, like I said. And... You know, it's crazy because Brodzinski with the Wolfpack, you know, he's on their top line. He's on their top power play unit. He's on their top penalty kill unit. And obviously he's not going to have quite as big of a role uh, for the Rangers. But you know what? He's got a big role right now because anytime you're out there on the top line, you've got a big role. And obviously some of this is by default because 
the Ranger top line. They haven't really figured it out yet. And I know some people want them to split up Mika and Kreider, but if we assume that the two of them stay together um, as they have for most of the season, you know, Capo Caco got the first crack at it this year. Didn't really work. The points weren't really there. Um, they ended up flip-flopping in with Blake Wheeler. And then of course, Caco got hurt and hopefully he gets back soon. But then Blake Wheeler gets the opportunity and, you know, he picked it up a little bit, a couple of points here and there, some good passes, you know, every once in a while, but wasn't setting the, setting the world on fire either. And now here's Johnny Brodzinski getting the opportunity, the best opportunity that he's had in his career, and he has responded in a big way with four assists in the last two games combined. And uh, that's obviously very cool to see, but, you know, just somebody who does everything right. Every time he's been sent down to the Hartford Wolfpack, doesn't complain, doesn't throw a fit. You know, he obviously got waived at the end of, uh, this year's preseason. And a lot of people were hoping that Brodzinski would make the team, maybe even thinking that he would. Uh, he didn't. Fortunately, he did clear waivers. Um, and then he goes down and has he responded to that well? Uh, I don't know if this is still the case because he hasn't played for the Wolfpack in a couple of games now. But as of the time of Brodzinski's call-up, he was the leading point scorer in the entire AHL. So that's very impressive. And getting his opportunity here now with the Rangers. And it's just really cool to see uh, him mostly coming through. There was that play uh, against the Predators too, where you know, he's down on the ice and he, blocking the the opportunity for the Predators to potentially score a goal because the net had been vacated at that point. But again, playing well, getting rewarded for it. Um, he's played in the three most recent games. Uh, he also played in a game on November 4th, I believe it was. But his time on the ice, these three games that he's played uh, in this most recent run here has gone up every single night. Uh, including this game against the Sharks. He ends up with 11 minutes, 56 seconds of ice time. He had the aforementioned two assists. He was also a plus one, three shots on goal, one block shot, and uh, even one and zero on the faceoff circle. Um, and again, the four combined assists. And just awesome to see that. Obviously, we already covered the assist that he had uh, when he was out there with uh, with Panarin and, and making things happen there when he just came flying off the bench. But to cover the other assist that Brodzinski got, uh, this gave the Rangers their first lead of this game at 3-2. to two. And it's funny because we've seen a couple of Rangers recently bat the puck out of the air and have it lead to a goal. You had Jimmy Vesey with that game-winning goal against the Devils. It was close to being a high stick, but I think it was uh, fair and legal, and, and the officials thought the same thing. And uh, Vesey with a great play there. And then in a recent game, he had Kreider also batting the puck out of the air and him knocking it into the net to score a goal. Well, here, uh, Johnny Brodzinski basically does the same thing, only uh, when he batted the puck, it led to a secondary assist. Because basically what happened, Rangers gained the blue line. You got Kreider playing it across the ice into the corner, and Johnny Brodzinski is uh, you know, looking to, to go track down the puck. And as Brodzinski's approaching the puck, the puck hit the boards in kind of a weird way. It was right in the corner there, and it popped into the air. And as it popped into the air, quick thinking by Brodzinski, because um, I think a lot of times you might like try to glove that and drop it and then play it. Um, he just reached up with his stick and just swatted it. He basically took a baseball swing at it. It went behind the net to Kreider, and I think that's exactly what Brodzinski was trying to do there, just trying to get it back to Kreider. And Kreider with a very quick pass in front to Mika Zibanejad, and Mika converts from the doorstep. Uh, Rusek, great shot there by Mika Zibanejad. But man, um, Brodzinski, can't say enough about the job he did here. He had, I know it was only the secondary assist, but he had as much of a hand in this one as uh, as anybody on the ice did. So that was really cool to see. And, um, you know, again, it, this goes back to what I was saying earlier. I feel like right now with LaViolette, when it comes to that top line right wing spot, there aren't any like awesome options where it's like, man, this guy's going to be a point per game player. I, I don't think that player really exists for the Rangers right now, as far as somebody um, who's going to play the top line right wing spot. Um, you know, Brandon Othman could be that guy in the future, but you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, if he gets called up. But right now, and we saw Kako get the first crack, didn't work. They gave Blake Wheeler a shot. 
I mean, he picked it up a little bit, but not setting the world on fire like I mentioned earlier. And now it's Johnny Brodzinski's turn. And I feel like the message from Peter Laviolette and the Ranger coaching staff to these players is basically that, you know, whoever it might be, whoever might be gunning for that spot on the top line right wing is that, hey, this this job is wide open right now. So if you want it, go get it. Go take it. And Johnny Brodzinski taking the bull by the horns in a major way. The first couple of games that he's uh, played there, in these last two games, he's been in the top six. And specifically in this one, he was on the top line uh, with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. And the simple fact that, I mean, not only is he just, you know, hustling his tail off, which he always does. Uh, he always does that. But now he's producing points. So that simple fact alone, I think, is going to allow him to get at least another couple of cracks at it here. And uh, lo and behold, Johnny Brodzinski, who did not make the team, who had to pass through waivers and went unclaimed, uh, who was with the Hartford Wolfpack and laying the AHL on fire against all odds, 30-year-old Johnny Brodzinski right now lines up to be the top-line right winger uh, for the New York Rangers. And that's a feel-good story. Um, the one goal that I believe was after the goal that Mika scored, you know, they showed Kreider and Mika and Brodzinski on the bench. And Brodzinski was just so happy, you know, smiling ear to ear, looking like he was uh, having a lot of fun and just really happy to be contributing. And look, there's going to be some Ranger fans that don't get excited about Johnny Brodzinski. Ah, come on. You know, this guy, he's a career minor leaguer, barely a hundred NHL games. Uh, You know, the Rangers have prospects or they got to trade for somebody. Look, we might see Brian Hoffman this season. We might see the Rangers uh, cut a deal for a right winger at or near the trade deadline. But for the time being, try to just enjoy this a little bit. It's a feel-good story. It's somebody that's kind of uh, been forgotten and you know, just keeps going to work every single day, whether he's with the Wolfpack or the Rangers, and he's getting a reward for his opportunity. And like I said, the way he's played these last couple of games here, you've got to believe that he's going to get at least another couple shots um, at being the top-line right winger. So we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, how long can this last? We're going to find out. And it'll be in an interesting situation regardless of uh, what happens. But I'm happy for Johnny Brodzinski. I'm getting this opportunity and thus far making the most of it. So we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. Want to uh, eventually go ahead and talk a little bit about the Rangers. You know, kind of a shaky ending to this game. So we're going to get into that and um, talk a little bit about them not being able to play well on the shift that follows a goal because that continued again in this game. We'll get to all that good stuff or not so good stuff in just a second. But first, let's go ahead and let everybody know about today's sponsor. And that would, of course, be Game Time. You should not have to worry when you're buying your tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total upfront. So you know you're getting a great deal without all those annoying hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Also, just want to let everybody know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. 
All right, so we'll go ahead and keep everything rolling here. And the only, I mean, there are a couple of things you could nitpick from this game. Obviously, you know, you're underwhelmed by the opponent. You want to see the Rangers just, you know, basically slaughter them and run away with an easy win. Uh, the reality of the situation is, and it's something we've talked about on here, there are not a lot of easy wins in this league. Um, when they do happen, you just have to enjoy them all the more because it doesn't happen uh, all that often. And of course, as we discussed, kind of previewing this game, the Sharks have played a little bit better recently. And I thought they played well in this game. You know, they they were out there competing hard every single shift. It's not a team that has a ton of firepower. It's clearly not the most talented team in the league, but uh, they got after it and uh, they gave the Rangers all they could handle in this game. But I, again, wanted to talk about, you know, the shift that follows a goal because we talked about the Miller goal that put the Rangers up six to three. And at that point, I mean, you're not home free. You're never really home free in this league, but you're up by three goals against, again, and no disrespect intended here, I'm just stating the fact, the team with the worst record in the NHL, up by three goals against that team with seven minutes or so to go, you feel like, okay, we're, we're pretty close to putting two points on the board here, the standings board for the New York Rangers. And of course, it wasn't that easy. Uh, the Rangers, again, this this problem that just keeps coming up is they just were not uh, sharp in the shift that follows a goal times two here because no sooner did Keandre Miller uh, score here than we had, you know, the Sharks striking back and he had a rush into the zone, quick made a kick save, but then Zetterland buried the rebound with 522 to go. That cut the Ranger lead to six to four. And at this point, I, I said out loud when this happened, I said, close the door, guys. Like, let's just close this game strong. You know, the, the Sharks have battled and yeah, you know, it's a dog fight. And I know I just got done saying that every uh, game in this league is, 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 you know, it's not an easy win. There's very few easy wins. Um, but at a certain point, it's like, okay, you know, enough of this. They've gone toe to toe with us for long enough. Let's uh, let's snuff this out before it gets any crazier. But then it did get crazier because just a minute and 12 seconds after this, you've got a redirection goal for the Sharks with four minutes and 10 seconds to go. And at this point, timeout by the Rangers. I thought this was a good use of the timeout for Peter LaViolette. Um, you know, he uh, he wasn't like losing his mind, but, you know, obviously speaking very sternly to the players. And something that I've noticed here, and I, I think it's just a good sign for this team going forward. When Peter LaViolette is talking to this team, these guys listen. They listen to his every word, and I don't need to be there. I don't need to be a lip reader. I don't have to, you know, be in the, the Rangers huddle there. Um, to know this for sure. You just look at the body language. You look at every single player on the bench, on the ice. They're all looking right at him. Everybody's leaning forward. Even guys who aren't going to be on the ice, you can kind of see them like at the edge of the camera and they're kind of like leaning into the shot to try to hear everything that he's going to say. And that's great. When the coach has that kind of, when he commands that kind of respect and the players um, you know, are taking their cues from him, the way the Rangers seem to be taking their cues from LaViolette, that's a good thing. And again, I'm not an expert lip reader or anything like that, but the message seemed to be, you know, just finish the game, finish the job. Obviously, at this point, you've given up two goals. But, hey, you know what? There's 4-10 to go in this game. You're up by a goal. If you play well for the final four minutes here, it's still your game. You know, I, I don't know for sure that that's what the message was, but I would imagine it would be something along those lines, along with uh, maybe uh, some some language that I can't repeat here. But um, you know what? The, the Rangers, again, they, they found a way to get the job done here. The Sharks, you know, they had a couple of chances down the stretch. Uh, the Rangers took an icing with a minute and 17 seconds to go. And then the Sharks took their timeout. Uh, the Sharks have their goalie pulled, and the Rangers go with Goodrow, VZ, Miller, Truba, and Bonino. And you look at this lineup for the Rangers at the end of the game here, and there really are a lot of really, really good options that the Rangers can go with uh, to get the games when they are protecting a one-goal lead. And, I mean, th there's five examples right there. Um, obviously, you know, Truba and Miller, they're fantastic together. We know that. Um, Bonino's always going to be out there in a spot like this. Jimmy Vesey's usually going to be out there. Barclay Goodrow, I mean, that's why he's on the, this team. And I thought the Rangers mostly defended well here. 
got a little bit chaotic, uh, I guess, you know, here and there, the Sharks got one or two chances, but quick made a couple of saves. And then you got guys like, you know, Mika Zibanejad's out there, Chris Kreider's out there, uh, Truba and Lindgren were out there together. At the same time, you got Vincent Trocek winning all these face-offs clean. There's a lot to like about the way that the Rangers um, concluded this game. And then, you know, with uh, 31 seconds to go, quick, you know, gloves the puck. Looked like he wanted to play it, but they blew the whistle. So there's an offensive zone face-off, or offensive zone for the Sharks, defensive zone for the Rangers. Um, but then Trocek wins another face-off, another icing, another face-off. I think Trocek won that one as well. Uh, but then the Sharks, you know, they eventually get the puck and they pass it out of their own zone. But I hated the last couple of seconds of this game because, first of all, Sam Rosen is saying, oh, that, that'll that'll do it. You know, the puck was in the shark zone. But I'm looking and it's like 11 seconds, 10 seconds, and, and Granlin's getting pretty close to the puck. And I'm thinking like, eh, I don't know. You know, if Granlin picks up the puck here and just zips up the ice, it's, it's possible to get one more shot at it. And that's basically what happened. Granlin right at the center of the ice and the Rangers just didn't do anything to get in his way to knock him off the puck or anything. And Granlin actually got a shot away at the very end. Not sure if it would have counted or not went wide of the net. Um, but a couple of uh, scary moments in the final seconds there. Um, but regardless, look, a win is a win, right? It's another two points. We talked about how, again, there are no easy wins in this league. And I think it's only appropriate. You know, David Quinn was uh, obviously in the building. He's the coach of the Sharks now. I think it's only appropriate to quote him at the end of this one. He used to say, you know, a couple of times if the Rangers would kind of like get an ugly win while he was their coach, he would say something like, it wasn't exactly a Picasso and I think that applies here. You know, the Rangers, they found a way. Obviously, Panarin had a phenomenal night. We're seeing some good things from Johnny Brodzinski. Uh, Jonathan Quick has still not lost a game in regulation. I know he gave up five goals in this one, and he's had better games in this, obviously. Um, but I believe now 7-0-1 is Jonathan Quick in the eight starts he's made this season. And I don't think anybody saw that coming. So there's a lot to like. Would have been nice to see the Rangers close out this game a little bit better than they did. Uh, hopefully that's something that they can work on going forward. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.